using my hairs doing something crazy. Yeah. Roger, <laughs> what, what about your eyebrows? Did, did you do eyebrow eyebrow work? No, they're on before been we quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's our immediate preview. Have immediate you guys ever seen some have you ever done the close oh, have you ever done the close the close up of Roger's eyebrows? He's got like those they, kind of like Vulcan eye eyebrows they go up. Yeah, he, he has he has mad scientist eyebrows, yes. <laughs> yes, he does the, uh, mad scientists. That's the immediate pre-grooming habits of the What's on Joe Mine team stream. We'll be right back. After you watch our kick-ass theme song, stay with us. Lost Josh already. Good what? Lord. You didn't even get through the theme song, but good evening, wow. everybody. It's Tuesday night. It's 9.05. Welcome to the What's On Joe Mine team stream. <laughs> Thanks for staying okay. tuned. Thanks for staying tuned uh, to the end of Atlanta Hawks basketball here on the Superstation. Uh, how's everybody? <laughs> I'm your host, Mike Irizarry. I mean, I'm I finally, great. I finally figured out where my eyebrows went. So. <laughs> 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 Mystery solid. Check that one off. All right. Right. I, I just I needed to I hit the start button when you were doing your thing on the with the uh the feature grooming. So uh, Mad Scientist eyebrows. That's it. When when Mark yeah. goes full Odo, you can't you can't beat that. That's quality television. I look but, so young. Uh, <laughs> the cheapest big spender says tonight's the night Mike showed true brotherly love kicking Rob to the curb. In a way, yes, because it means Rob is spared from this nonsense. But um, no, Rack time, Rob is fine. He's in the other room. But look, Mark's got tenure, so so uh, Mark Mark is the last guy out at this point. So that, that, that's how this goes. Tenure. Ricky got 10, 12 years on some of these guys. Right? Right? But uh, Rob, Rob is with us. Rob is with us in the live chat, so everybody be sure to to say hello as he announces his eyebrow goals, Bert from Sesame Street. <laughs> but uh, anyways, joining me here in the top row, he is the he is our tenured co-host for the evening, uh, the former head of marketing for the GI Joe brand at Hasbro. It's a hot show, Mark Weber. Ah, slowly taking over, man. Let me tell you. Aside from us getting us demonetized and running the only two-digit long episode of What's on Joe Mind, right. I think I'm. Fully, fully qualified to run this ship. So just, just, just so y'all know, you got a, uh, you got a fine lieutenant. Your, your co-pilot is ready, and you are in excellent hands. Right. If we ever, we ever need that episode, we need to get a full episode in in forty-one minutes or less. Mark Weber. I can do it. I can do it in an hour and a half, and and play a baseball game within. So you can just let me know. I should set up the Joes against the Cobra All Stars. Oh, that's eternal baseball, baby. And uh, in the bottom row, uh, you've you've if you've been with us for a while, you've seen these guys before. Uh, but they are the the head of the After Action Report project. It's Josh Egerman and Roger Taft. Welcome aboard, gentlemen. <laughs> At this point, I think I'm a What's on Joe Mine intern. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. Rob, and I'm the technical a, difficulty king. Yes. Yeah, you're IP. I'm Rob's understudy. <laughs> right. Like we got uh, we got Josh. Turns out the best place to put him is in a cave, uh, where, where he has the be his best lighting and his best sound. Cave. So whatever. I'm not here to argue. Things just work out that way. This, you know, everybody's got their little place where they work. This is my office now. It's in California. I used to live in Moab, and so I, I put a loft bed up there. So. I crawl up there to go to sleep, and then I work down here. Everything else is comic books and books. Right. <laughs> Move yeah, to California, he's... get a bunk bed. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's in an alley behind a 7-Eleven. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but I do have artwork for G.I. Joe on the walls in my alley. <laughs> well, there you go, then. There you go. But, of course, we are here to talk about the new After Action Report project. We will get to that soon enough. Uh, of course, we've got Excellent. a full episode of, of lots of other fun stuff to go. Um, Hilarity to ensue. <laughs> right. Uh, Diana Davis asks, uh, where are you now, Josh? And I think the answer is reasonably close well, to Diana Davis. Yes, yeah, not too far. I'm in West Covina. Just uh, basically got out here full time in December. There you go. And then was... How'd you get to West Covina specifically from Moab? He took a lot uh, of time in Albuquerque. <laughs> the, the, the apartment style that I was looking for was found here and the price. Uh, you know, I didn't really care where I lived. So I went just like apartment hunting everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is the one. It's, you know, I still do like Uber and Lyft and stuff like that. So I needed an apartment that I could like walk out the door and get in the car and go. So, you know, that's a... That was a was big looking, deal. I was looking I a little more constructively. Did you take the 405 or did you go fountain? Or? Oh, the highway. No, I took the long, beautiful way. For you know, I went south from Moab oh, down Moab. through Monument Valley over by Lake Powell over to kind of near the Grand Canyon Flagstaff, then to the 10, then into LA. You take that all the way west? Pretty much. Yeah. It's about a 12-hour drive. so the, the lengths at which Mark will go to try and goad our guests into a Californian sketch is uh, <laughs> slow. Hey, it's all about the highways out here. I mean, like, you know, you, right? See, look, even I see it in here. The, uh, Di Diana's giving me directions on, on how to get around out here, you know, yeah. <laughs> on the different highway numbers. Now, yeah. the, here's the thing about Los Angeles, Okay is that you have to put the word the in front of the number. It's the 405, the 101, the right. 10, right? Like in other places, in other states, they don't use that. They use names or they're just like, you know, 95 or whatever. No, we you do know, that here in Florida too. They use the? Really? It, it depends on the road. Like mm. if you're down in the Orlando, it's the 429. It's one of the toll roads down there. But uh, if you'll notice, uh, scrolling across the bottom of the screen, uh, Super Chat is open for this episode. Tonight's Super Chat proceeds will be donated to the Veterans Memorial Beautification Project on GoFundMe. Uh, that is by the Howard County, Indiana Memorial Corporation. Uh, you've seen that on our social media feeds this week. Uh, basically, the folks up in in uh, our, our uh, in the neck of the woods of our, our wonderful sponsors, Kokomo Toys, uh, they are working towards helping beautify the local war memorial in kokomo indiana so that's if you if you give us the if you give us the 
the honor of a go of a uh, of a super chat donation tonight rather that's where that money's going to go basically cut it in half and and um and send it over that way uh, i think we do have the the uh the link to that if you want to make a donation that's actually the better way to do it because that means you're giving all the money to them you're not giving half of your money to google and then half of the money to them uh so you know that that's the better way is to just go donate directly but if you don't want to do all that and you want to donate through us just know that any donations we collect tonight that's where they're going and that that scroll is going to be up there all night so just get used to it because i'm not gonna i'm not i can't say all of that a hundred times or people are going to tune out in droves so it's a super scroll right okay Remember, if you're catching us on Facebook tonight, go ahead and give us some kind of a reaction. Give us a thumbs up or a heart or a little huggy guy. We do love little huggy guy. If you're catching us here on the YouTubes, uh, we do call them home. So no matter where you're catching us, please head over to YouTube, subscribe to our channel. Uh, be sure to like the video, do all the cool YouTube things. Uh, leave a comment, uh, like the video, uh, share us in all your various social media circles, be those Facebook groups or Reddit pages or, or what have you. Um, and uh, do do help us out. Help us grow this thing. Uh, we continue to make slow and steady progress, but man, it's it's slow is probably in capital letters. So let's 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 get the word out. Let's keep going. Give us a couple extra clicks where you can. Uh, Joe Malone, that's a uh, that's the stage name for for our our uh, normal host, our regular guest host, <laughs> the dog fan of Joe Slepsky. Uh, but Roger and Josh make fantastic books. Great to see them on your show. They've been here before, Joe. Thanks for tuning in regularly. Yes, <laughs> but thank Joe's you. A, Joe's a dog yeah. guy, so they they knew their they knew their person. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the you know now that I'm in an apartment, my dogs were with me, and they're like, "Oh my God, there's all these noises around." I was in a house before living in Utah. Now there's all these noises, so they're barking all the time. It's taken a while to get used to strange noises. <laughs> well, they, they got to make sure you know about these things, man. Yes, exactly. You they know, and I'm like, sure. well, they are doing their job. <laughs> right. I don't pay yeah. them, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, figure six pack asked, was was the dog junkyard or order? And, and oh, Frank, it's definitely you know, junkyard. If I if I can get her if I can get her over here. She, she looks like the the brown and black version of Junkyard, like kind of those Rottweiler or whatever it was. Not the okay. solid black. So I have two dogs. So one is solid black. So it could be that the, the Junkyard of what, version one? And then the what the later versions have the dark, have the brown and black Junkyard? Something like that. So I have, I have two Junkyards. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. Double the mess, double the Junkyard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what do you say? We, we will uh, continue to continue this discussion afterwards. But okay. First, let's, let's move into community count. Cobra's crazy weather patterns just swallow up my signals. <laughs> Shipless layout. <laughs> Shipless layout. There we go. Everybody's tripped out. Mm -hmm. And again, all proceeds yeah. collected tonight for the for everybody catching a screen cap, the Veterans Memorial Beautification Project. That is on GoFundMe. 
uh, for the Howard County Memorial Corporation, Kokomo, Indiana, fully accredited uh, charity. So first up, of course, this weekend, it's Winterfest. That is in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, outside of Louisville at the Paraquet Springs Conference Center. Uh, that is from 10 to 4 on Saturday. Eight bucks gets you in the door. Uh, if you want to show up an hour early, $15 will get you that privilege. Or if you're showing up Friday night, there is a preview evening at 5 p.m. Uh, through till 8 p.m. And that uh, also includes admission the next day for the early bird. That'll cost you $30. Um, uh, Mr. Brian Lower and I will be in attendance at G.I. Joe Winterfest. Check us out. We will be on hand. Um, I know he's planning on taking pictures and filming stuff. I I probably won't do a whole lot because nobody watches those things when I do them. So, uh, but we'll let him do them and and certainly try to get in his way all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I anytime Brian busts out a camera, I'm going to trip him. It looks like a pretty slick show. It's got a logo. <laughs> well, well, it is by the fine folks at KY Joe. So there we go. You know, everything's a little bit slippery. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, uh, it won't be the roads. Everything got warm-ish around here. It's like it's almost fifty degrees at this point. So thank God, because last warm. week, was, yeah, well, last, last, last week was all icy and snow, and I was starting to really have some some second thoughts. But everything got seasonably seasonably warm. We'll call it warm, moist, and comfortable. Just how you like it. But, um, There's no uh, segue from that, by the way. Uh, Dustin Jeffrey asks, "Free hugs for what's on Joe' mind? Mm-hmm. They'll be free. They won't. They won't help with your admission costs at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they they will be free. If I can get pictures of people hugging Brian, though, I, the, I'll I'll put up a collage of them. <laughs> but um, uh, Diana notes that that is a, a slick logo for KYGI Joe Madness. <laughs> that is very true. Just pay to get in, man. Slide him a couple bucks. You'll be all right. <laughs> Slip them a few along the counter. Yeah, and stick it in there and see what happens. Right. That counter, uh, it's uh, it's long and stiff. So, it, yep. it, anyways. See how long you can last in the KYGI Joe show. <laughs> Look, I, I, six hours is the most, so it's, it's not, not too bad. Everybody's got one stretch of six hours in them at one point in their life. So. If you last longer than six hours, you need to call a physician. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Dave McDonald, uh, thank you for the donation. And he's got a, I don't understand the joke, but sure. So Scrap Iron Flash and Grand Slam would be catchers. I mean, they've got the padding. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. They're prepared. Uh, Sean Russell, thank you too, sir. Uh, so if I buy the early bird, can I slide right in at nine? Yes, you can. Ooh. That's how that works. But, um, Welcome back, Sean, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Sean's been, Sean's been, he, he had a, he's been out for a couple of weeks. He had some health stuff going on. So first off, cut that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and second off, welcome back. Appreciate yeah, you. But uh, yeah, Matt Rubin concerned. Uh, someone needs to go to the ER for six hours in a toy show, man. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, stamina, baby. So that's uh, that's GI Joe Winterfest again. That is this weekend. That is mostly Saturday, the twenty seventh. But again, if you're there early on the twenty sixth, 
Hey, they'll let you in. It just cost you a couple more dollars. It's a good timing on that one. Right? Empire Strikes Back. We got uh, we got cats and dogs and all kinds of critters going on in this show today. Roger, is that one of yours? Yep, that's one of mine. Trying to attack yeah. another one of mine. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. At least they've got plans. I don't know why I've decided 20 seconds of me torturing my dad's cat is good video, but it is. Any it's cat. a cat video. I mean, come on. They're filled. The internet's filled with them. That's right. <laughs> he's, he's a pampered brute. <laughs> Up next, uh, we move forward to February 10th. We got the to Toy Hio toy show. That is at the wonderfully named Metroplex Expo Center in Gerald, Ohio. Uh, $5 gets you in there. That is uh, from 11 to 4 on February 10th. Early bird is 10 bucks. It gets you in an hour early. Parking is free. Uh, chance to hug Dave Draper, though, very low, as Dave Draper does not live in Ohio. Right. So that makes that makes it difficult. Um, you can see there they've got some guests. They've got Dan Housen, so Mark is on board. Mm -hmm. uh, they got Moose from TNA. They got uh, Brian Myers, who's all over uh, with his own uh, action figure podcast. And I don't know who Captain Shoes is, is but I, I, I bet he hasn't been doing his podcast for 13 years. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude. Don't know who Captain Shoes is. Not a clue. Not a clue. I'm intrigued, but not. <laughs> and then uh, Jason Baker there, who's done a lot of movie effects and uh, was one of the, was the guy responsible for uh, Bray Wyatt's fiend mask and all that cool stuff. So lots of wrestling themed guests at this particular toy show, but uh, promises to be a good one. So. If you're anywhere around Jaleld, uh, head on out and check that one out. Only $5 gets you in the door. Need more information, hit up toyhiotoyshow.weebly.com, as you can see there on the screen. Roger, are you making the trek up from Florida for that one? No, I got plenty of shows here in Florida, so I don't really need to. Why, why aren't you sending us emails to let us know about those? Well, I, I'm not I'm not responsible for the show, <laughs> but I am going to be at a I think I'm going to be at a show Joe show that weekend. Um, oh, there's one. Huh? I say I'm at a Pasadena show out here on uh, Sunday, 28th. Nobody sends emails. I don't know about these things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I don't run the show, so <laughs> it's community calendar. I'm counting on the community. Oh, dude. So basically, we send you a, an email and you say, hey, the AAR guys are going to be at this convention or con or whatever. Yes. Right. That's how it right. goes. That's how it goes. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, Craig Cohan letting us know that uh, Captain Shoes there, he is with Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. So, okay. So he's part of the same right. same deal as those guys. Okay. Hey, I got no problem with, with Cardona and Myers. Good for them. So if they like Captain Shoes, I'm down with it. And we're, we're in with Captain Shoes. We yeah. hope we're in with Captain Shoes. Yeah. Mike Rotunda finally knows where his hat went. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's coming for you, Captain Shoes. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be at that. Uh, it's a Star Wars and G.I. Joe show that same weekend in Orlando uh, on the 11th. Well, Roger, send me an email and I'll put it on next week's community. I, I, I just got booked for it about a week ago. So 
It's new news to me as well. <laughs> a whole week, Roger. It's a whole week. But you're a guest, right? I no, I'm not a guest at that one. I'm a guest at the uh, one in May. He R- Roger just had one like two weeks ago or something where he was actually a guest. It's kind of a weird thought to be a guest at a convention. <laughs> it's like you move from being a like a, a seller to like an artist alley table to being a guest. I think that's that's like a, a, a step in the like right direction, I guess. <laughs> it's a level up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you, man, I went straight from uh paying patron to guest. So I don't I don't even know that artist alley stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. spoiled, man. Spoiled, but uh, but it happens. It's it's all right, man. You, you get out there, and we we were popular once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much anymore, but once upon a time. Now you're all washed up. Yeah, more or less. Not me. I'm in my uh, prime. Rob is asking, does Captain Shoes hang with Lieutenant Slippers? <laughs> uh, I think they're married. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally knocking boots. <laughs> oh man! Man, Ruben knows that uh, Captain Shoes hangs with socks. The cat. Uh, oh. There we go. Tie it all together. That's right. Nice job. Well done, Matt Ruben. But uh, <laughs> Diana Davis asks, uh, "You'll be there both days, Josh?" Yes, I will. But I thought it was only the twenty eighth. I better check. Yeah, maybe maybe you gotta look into that one. Yeah, it's good to be on the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think they'll let you in Sunday if you don't show up Saturday. Right. <laughs> to guess. I think they'll they'll figure that you you um are no longer needing your table at that point. Well, I got it right. I got the flyer right here. That's not it says, it, it I, says I, just twenty eighth. Okay. Sunday. I guess it's is that readable? There we go. It's a a new way to do community calendar, but it saves Mike (laughs) some PowerPoint time. (laughs) Right. I I I I I can't stop him, so I might as well just just agree with whatever he says and let it go. I'm gonna gonna be at the Sharpie convention (laughs) coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Right here, so I've got a little Pasadena Comic Con. Pasadena Convention. Check out my table at the Toblerone Show. Yeah. I'm at the Tiny Screwdriver Convention. <laughs> I'm on printer cartridge. We're printer cartridge. I got a printer cartridge. Check, check me out at fuelrod.com. No, I'm taking everybody out tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> Next up is AwesomeCon. And granted, that's a little ways off. AwesomeCon is March 8th to 10th. But we would be remiss if we did not announce. Joe Colton as a special guest at AwesomeCon. Excellent. Uh, absolutely. That is at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. Uh, Mark Weber, did they name Washington, D.C. after Walter E. Washington? Uh, sure. Other guests include Arthur Adams, Hayden Christensen, Rosario Dawson, Tom Kenny, Jeff Loeb, Michael Rosenbaum, Tom Welling, Mingna Wen, The Wristlock, Wes Whitlock, and many, many more. Uh, tickets and information are available to you at awesome con dot com so yeah we i mean technically she still works here right yeah <laughs> alumnus i i don't i don't know if she's turning in her keys or not but i, I we'll find out soon i suppose but but um man but it, yeah i'll go out I man i used to live in dc i'll go to dc to see ming na wen there you go you bet sign me up you you and uh you and tom kenny throw back a couple I mean, 
And if he's next to Ming-Na Wen, sure. I mean, <laughs> and you can't argue with Ahsoka and Anakin together, right? Seems like they're going for a theme. Yes, yeah. they got Superman and then Lex Luthor. So what do you come on now? It's a good show. Right. It's like a good show. Yeah. Right. Probably pay two hundred two hundred bucks to get yourself in the photo with Hayden and Rosario at the same time, or maybe three hundred. Or zero <laughs> if you just run through the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob Rob said she sent a community calendar notice. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. No. When what she was, was she? showing up at when she was showing up every week, I couldn't get her to, to let me know her schedule. I, no. I found that out on my own because I, I follow her on Facebook and all the stuff that she posts shows up on my doorstep. So, But we're leading by example because Mike is plugging her damn show. Right? Yeah. There you go. Right? Somebody's got to. And, of course, mm -hmm. the, the Wristlock Wes Whitlock will be also a special guest. Uh, he That's not his professional name, so I don't know how much I'm helping him there. But if you if you want to you want to give Wes a hello, he's at Revenge City Cosplay. I'm so. speaking from experience here, and this is not meant as a slight to uh, Mrs. Colton nor Mr. Whitlock. But wait till you see the smiles on their faces when they aren't taking care of a newborn for a couple hours. Right, right. right. Oh, oh, oh. We all right. love our we all love our babies, but mom and daddy need a break now and then. <laughs> Could be a little much. Yeah, so. much. yeah. Especially by that point, uh, kid will be eh, nine months old. Yeah, she's dating now. I'm her. I yeah, I think yeah, that, that, taking driver's ed classes. Mm -hmm. That's that's the that's the age, right? Pretty much. I, I can't remember back that far, so I start him young, Mike. Start him young. Right. Excuse me. My Cherry Coke Zero causing problems. I thought, you, I thought you need some more words in there. It doesn't have to be like vanilla, zero, Coke. Uh-oh. <laughs> you said the I, wrong word. I'll, I'll not tolerate mocking my soda. Lemon lime with a twist. <laughs> On the rocks. Normally it is on the rocks. I'll give you that one. I'm normally okay. I'm normally clinking ice, so that's there true. But this time I just grabbed it out of the fridge. I was lazy. But um, but again, that is March eighth to the tenth. That is a whole weekend. That's a big deal. It's kind of a pricey one, so be ready for that if you're you're interested in Awesome Con. Uh, but it's something that I know that uh, they they they've done and set up several years in a row, and this year they are actual official guests of the show. So it's a very big deal. Uh, for the Colton and uh, Wristlock family. So be sure if you're in the area and you're going to Awesome Con, be sure to stop in and say, hey, I can't promise you that hugs will end well <laughs> unless they are announced in in advance. I'll, I'll, I'll throw that out there too. That's, that's, that's a public safety message from your Uncle Mike. Just, just make sure the hugs are approved. You go in for a hug on Wes, he might think you're locking up and right. no promises yeah. about what happened. You, you'll smell that for a week. That's right. <laughs> He'll hit you with the garbage disposal, and that's I'm, a move. I'm, I'm combining wrestling stories at this point. It's, 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 oh, hey, Hogan does it all the time. 
I think he just I think he just what he does is called lying, Mark. I think that's uh, the difference. I think that's the difference. Claimed he claimed in his height that he wrestled 400 nights a year because he would cross over the international date line to wrestle in Japan. Right. And no one has the heart to tell him that the that the world doesn't work like that. But cool story, brother. <laughs> Uh, Torpedo Mike notes that uh, Mango Habanero is judging cosplay contests while winning the kitty eating competition and setting a course lap speed record. And yeah, probably true. Probably true. Probably true. And moonsaulting off things because right, you know, got chromosomes all over the place. Yeah, that half of the gene pool has to represent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fleming says if West has to fold one and someone in half, I want video. Yeah. So do I. Michael, yeah. so do I. Uh, you are not alone in that one. I don't know if he has to, but he may decide to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would. I, I let me rephrase that as not to be the one folded in half by making surly demands. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I would pref- I would very much like to see that video. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob says that Mango Habanero would be downing the most jars of strained peas. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps uh, sweet potatoes. Maybe she's that kind of kid. Maybe she likes likes the extra fiber. Mm. That's it for community calendar. Remember, if you've got something you want to share with us, uh, be wave sure to follow. <laughs> just wave it at the screen. <laughs> just put it up in a little tiny box <laughs> that no one can read. Or you can send us a link uh, or, or a picture or everything. Uh, at what's on Joe mind at gmail.com where we can actually include it in the, in the, in the segment, you know, just, just a thought, just a thought. Yeah. But, uh, all right. I got to play a closing shot here. Hang on. I don't like where this is going. Hope to never, never experience that again. <laughs> I actually, I like that one because I look thin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't don't share them with us in the live chat. That's not helping. <laughs> it's too late. At this, too late. You miss, we're not we're even past the segment in the show. You gotta yeah. you do have to send an email. That's why I put the email up there. Yeah. Don't sign them to the camera either, because that's <laughs> not effective. I'll just kick you out. <laughs> it's just that simple. Absolutely. Well, I thought I was getting it. <laughs> oh, I'm to, such a troublemaker, aren't I? Means I have to juggle stuff around again and uh, uh, I mean, if I cut you this time, Mark, then it means Rogers in the top row, and he certainly hasn't earned that. I've yeah. been good. <laughs> I'll do better. I don't have the years. <laughs> right. I think you're up to about a half dozen appearances, though. That's pretty good. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, it's it's up there. Josh is right behind you. Yeah. You guys do you guys do a lot of stuff. So uh, the fact <laughs> that you're on a lot speaks well of your community involvement. Indeed. <laughs> Thank you. Although we put Rob on every week and he doesn't do nothing. He doesn't do nothing. He doesn't even rack time. Rob don't even do rack time. Yeah, well, when they, have comics, when they have comics again, though, when they have comics again, 
that's the well, theory. He's yeah. a comic guy, though, so there's lots of comic news now. Right, but like he's the one that I don't have to pay extra for. <laughs> so this is true. I guess I get. I guess I get what I pay for. I suppose that's that's. Speaking of which, did you did you get our bill? <laughs> right. <laughs> It was uh, it was dismissed with your other invoices, Rod. <laughs> we, we just put it in the pile with the other ones, mm-hmm. and then lit the pile ablaze. Mm-hmm. Best way to take care of them. That's what we do here. It's just warm at night. <laughs> hey, as long as everybody keeps laughing, I guess that's the main thing, right? Uh, generally, uh, Matt Rubin says, you know, it's going to be a good night when the co-hosts don't know which one of them is going to get cut by Mike. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> Uh, Diana Davis says that Cobra Commander 1 must be reviewed now. Look, anytime we do comic shows, well, when we did Rack Time in the past, uh, there was always a two-week moratorium on it, and we are not within that for Cobra Commander number one yet. So we we don't, this way we get to speak freely and not ruin things for other folks. So, Fair enough. so yeah, so we, we, we would not do, that would be a next week thing anyway, which, you know, maybe, hey, things could happen. You never know. Slepsky's hanging around somewhere. Maybe he, maybe him and Rob want to do a rack time. Who knows? God forbid somebody else shows some initiative around here. It was a fun read. I have to say, Cobra Commander that was a fun read. That it was. I, I will give the spoiler-free endorsement of Cobra Commander 1. <laughs> but uh, what do yeah. you say we move into the news? First news item. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we'll we'll try and spend as little on this as possible. But Super X has decided to release a small line of official G.I. Joe sweatsuits, which I don't understand who the audience is here, but sure. Uh, they are officially licensed. They're available in Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow flavors. Uh, they are limited edition, only 999 made. I don't know if that's 999 of each piece. I, I whatever. Uh, Snake Eyes hoodies, $109. Storm Shadow sleeveless hoodies are $99. So there you go, kids. Go and rate on sleeves, 10 bucks. Uh, tactical joggers, which are the pants, they are $99 a piece. You can get the Snake Eyes bundle, which is both Snake Eyes pieces as seen in the picture, $199.99. You can get the Storm Shadow bundle for $179.99, and apparently their sleeves are worth $20 on that one. <laughs> um, and then, or the collector's bundle, which is all four pieces, just $349.99. If I got two, two sweatsuits for $350, I would, like, I, I think some, like, a, a, a magical wife would be created just to beat the shit out of me <laughs> and, and disappear into the ether again. Like that that's how that's how bad that is in regards to to pricing. Like I I wow, I guess if you got folks willing to buy it, more power to you. But um I mean and, and it again, doesn't even have a logo on it. You know what it, I mean? It just has the Arashkagi logo on the pants. That's it. it that's on, uh, I think the Oh on the side there. Yeah, yeah. I see it. I see on, on the, the right, side. It's on the right shoulder too. Why wouldn't there. you put it on the sleeve? Jeez. It's on the right sleeve for snake eyes at least. It is, it is not on the not on the sleeve for Storm Shadow, but <laughs> I, I didn't even bother a hooded sleeveless sweatshirt. It is yeah. like it's too silly to get in the slideshow for me. I can't. I couldn't do it. You you um, lost me at sleeveless. Hoodies. But I guess they're common continuity, correct? 
<laughs> right. I, I just, no, no. I, I Look, if this is your thing, this is your thing. I, I You know, far be it from us to to uh, dissuade you from, from purchasing this if it's what you desire. Mm -hmm. But uh, will we be purchasing this one, gentlemen? No. No. no probably not. And if I Back see you, a couple of months yeah. ago, you could get those golf bags that were branded GI Joe, and those sold out in like half an hour. So, well, they were enough. way more expensive than these. Uh, yeah, but people enough. who play golf have a lot of money. That's true, but so, eh. you know, joggers I mean, I, aren't going to spend their money on toys. <laughs> no, if you wear these pants into my gym, I'm going to make fun of your ankles the entire <laughs> time you're there. Come on now. I mean, standing in my way, too, is I don't think they make these in size fat guy. So true enough. That I mean, Roger, cool. Roger you're like take. seven foot four, so I don't think they make them in size tall guy either. <laughs> Probably not. Those may be shorts, though, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have that? Looks like they might have that zipper so you can turn them into shorts. Could be. No. If right. I got. If somebody gifted me these snake eyes pants, I would cut off the sock extenders there and I would go for the full capri pant look. <laughs> it was spring. Spring is coming. Maybe I get wear them with what, sandals. It's a whole look. <laughs> what pants never go out of style. So. It's very, very flowy, very airy. Yeah. Very um but yeah, not uh not our thing. Not our thing. Just, could just wear the pants and go as a, as out as a quick kick. Do some cosplay yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, it's a good look, but for who I have no idea. Mark Mark sent us a text with these during the week and asked, "What? Uh, where on earth would you wear a sleeveless hoodie?" And of course, Rob within thirty seconds had the answer: church. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, which I I mean, good answer. I I had to give props to that one. Um, C.S. Sherman notes that Storm Shadows is sleeveless so you can show off your ninja guns. Uh, look, that might work for him, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, mo most uh, most folks who are interested in G.I. Joe, it's more showing off their side man boob. That's that's not good at all. <laughs> Uh, Sean Russell with another super chat. Thank you for that, sir. Shouldn't Roger get a jacket for five appearances like on SNL? No, SNL has a budget. <laughs> Can I get a picture of a jacket? <laughs> that I might be able to accommodate you on that, Roger. What might happen? Okay, that that's fair. That is a that is a legitimate ask. That does mean that I have to go back through the catalog and figure out all the people who've been on five times. Right. True. But, uh, You're setting the precedence right there. And then, and then we'll go buy them at the Adobe Photoshop and uh, <laughs> look for them in your mail in 10 years. Maybe make it like a paper doll and you can just you know, wear the jacket that way. <laughs> like that. Or the hero and monster maker where you open the thing and put the head in and then rub it down. Or just, just find some dude in a tux and superimpose Roger's head on it. Just do it, do it that way. That's, that's the limit of my Photoshop methods, as Mark can attest. <laughs> I put Mark's head on the front of the, the Cobra mothership. So that, I mean, that's that's all I'm good at. That's yeah. all I can do. Pretty solid. Made the mothership look small. It did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Next news item. Do, 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 do. We've made fun of this enough. Man, not sure. 
Renegade Game Studios this week uh, put G.I. Joe Battle for the Arctic Circle Axis and Allies game up for pre-order. So if you like Axis and Allies, and uh, again, as, as I put on Facebook, Racktime Rob's evenings are going to fill up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you can play as G.I. Joe or Cobra. There's over 100 miniature pieces included. Includes three different game scenarios, and it's it's got a Weather Dominator. Ooh. <laughs> I'm all in on Weather Dominators, but we got some of the some pictures here. You can see some of the pieces. There's a snow cat. There's an ice saber. Uh, we've got the requisite Sky Striker and Rattler. We've got a snow serpent and a Joe Arctic soldier. You can see some of the box art there from the back of the box. If you like Axis and Allies and you like GI Joe, this is an easy buy. I think it would be a fun game to play. Definitely. Yeah. Certainly better uh, than a sleeveless hoodie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and three hundred dollars less expensive. I'm surprised they didn't use that as a marketing burst on the front. Better than a sleeveless hoodie. <laughs> Michael Gene Fleming says, my dad says repeat guests should get a What's on Joe Mine sticker. Again, I don't know if we've got the budget for that. <laughs> Shipping's a bear, man. Um, <laughs> Dustin Jeffrey says, you get to be in an Absorb Vids community calendar intro if you've been on enough. That, that's true. Just ask Phil. And Rob Correctamundo is saying, that's a Cobra Wolf, not an Ice Saber. <laughs> oh, right, right. I um, like on the front how they have the Cobra Wolf in front of the Joes, though, and the Snowcat in front of Cobra Commander. I mean, <laughs> not that I'm just, a stickler. I mean, the, the vehicles are just running down the enemy is what that is, Mark. I don't know about that. <laughs> running them down. Just saying. Uh. Bart says any guest should get a Mark signed a Marauder's barbecue figure. Dude, there's only one of those. One of one. Uh, repeat guests should get Disneyland tickets via Phil. That's for cheap big spender. <laughs> At least Josh can take care of that. I mean, that's Phil it. Phil has his own show that he can he can have guests on. And that's why Phil doesn't have guests on his show. Because right. he doesn't want to hand out Disneyland tickets. Those are his tickets, damn it. <laughs> Uh, Doug Dello says, I thought it was interesting that this game was available on Pulse and the Renegade site. I guess. I, 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 don't, uh, I don't think it hurts anything. No. Just have an increased availability. But, but uh, it is a little different. I don't know. I mean, Hasbro's the, the, uh, the license holder on G.I. Joe, so I guess they get to the right of first refusal to sell what they want. I would think. And certainly not the first thing that was on more than one website. Right. But a lot of stuff turning up on Pulse that hadn't been before. So maybe they've just decided to to use it more often. But um, Josh, Roger, you guys uh, Axis and Allies players? I'm sorry? <laughs> I, I, I played it on a computer, but I never played it on a board game. Oh. I've played Axis and Allies, but it's been decades. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean it's been it's been about that long for me too because I used to have friends. Yeah, <laughs> I, my boys back in the old days before the internet. Right, exactly. <laughs> when my you boys played a game on a board. Yeah. You know, my boys would always decide this was a good idea at like eleven p.m. at night, right? And so by two a.m., it was all we always played the same countries. Pardon me, Colin. Uh, <laughs> And my buddy Chris, who was always Russia, was always the first one to sleep. Russia was always asleep at the wheel by like 12.30. We'd have right. to wake him up. Hey, wake up, Russia! 
Uh. <laughs> right. I, I used to play as Russia deliberately. Because I just I knew I wasn't going to be into it six hours later, so I figured I'd take the the <laughs> right. two hour option, play play my best for a couple hours, hang out as long as possible, and then just be done. I think we only finished one game ever, and our buddy Seth, who was always the U.S., ended up with like one troop battalion on a carrier or a, a, not a carrier but a, a transport, just trying to run away across the ocean. With the horde of Axis powers just taking them over. And in that very limited uh, reenactment scenario, World War II ended in Madagascar. <laughs> That's where democracy died. So at like 5.30 in the morning in Eugene, Oregon. So there you go. Right. With a, lo with a love boat rerun on the TV. We weren't even happy it was over. We were just mad that it happened. <laughs> Uh, Rob, Rob says his set is so old it has a Milton Bradley logo, and I can vouch for that. <laughs> My and set is so old it has a Milton Bradley autograph. Ah. It's like a badge of honor, isn't it? <laughs> Wasn't Milton Bradley an outfielder for the Indians? That's right. <laughs> and the answer to that is yes, he actually was. Well before Coco Crisp, though. Well, maybe they they might have. Have, they were close. He might have... Milton might have moved on to Seattle or the Cubs by that point, but I'm pretty sure there was some career overlap there. Milton Bradley, Coco Crisp, and the center fielder, John Brown. Or something. Coco Crisp would have been the center fielder. Probably true. That's what he it's what he did, man. Anyway. Obscure obscure baseball players from the nineties and aughts theater presents. Yes. Us. <laughs> And all of our Cleveland fans, they're upset now because they don't think either of those guys are obscure. They're upset anyway because they changed the name. Well, that's true. I mean, it's a crummy name, but you had to change the name, right? Yeah, so, yeah I get it. Uh, my only complaint is if you're going to change the name, change it to something good. Yeah, I think that should that, that should be the, the hill they die on, right? Right. Right. The the guardians. It, it's not. It's not that it's not offensive. It's that it's just stupid. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Um, you know, find something else. At, at I, least, I, like, like Washington, they turned it into the Commanders, which kind of makes sense. Washington D.C. You know, I mean, right. And, and and that's a dopey name, but it's still better than the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. yeah. I maintain that the proper name was either after the old National League team, the Cleveland Spiders, mm -hmm. or because I'm a 12 year old boy, the Cleveland Steamers. Ooh, yeah. Those are my two chat. Those are my two choices. You'd sell some clean. You'd sell some spider merchandise. That's for sure. Yeah. Both better than the Guardians. Right. That's all we need is some more Spider-Man out there. Phil says I step out for a few minutes and suddenly everybody's talking about me. Yeah. I mean, live chat's going go, going nuts on Phil. It's Philmania in the live chat. Not so much in the regular show. So I don't, I don't know what's going on there. But, uh, I mean, I, I understand why they didn't take the Spiders. It's the 1899 Cleveland Spiders, of course, hold the major league record for futility <laughs> in a, having that they had a season where they only won 29 games. So I understand why you're not naming your team after that. But anyways, uh, <laughs> Rob chiming in with the Cleveland Serranos <laughs> after the best player from major league. I like that we got from Axis and Allies to Cleveland Indians baseball. 
Oh my god. Okay. Next news item. Do do do. Beep beep. <laughs> hey, we're getting close to the end of the month. Uh, I I think we got one more before we technically hit the the end of January. Uh, but we needed to remind you anyway. Join the Navy. Uh, Heavy Armor Toys in the Navy backer kit does close at the end of January, and they are still unlocking figures. Uh, we've got, uh, of course, the initial. Uh, figures that were launched that were unlocked in the the Kickstarter campaign, and and since then they've added the CB and the Navy Seal that you see in the front of that graphic right there. Uh, be sure to head over to the Heavy Armor Toys backer kit, and that is backerkit.inthenavy.com, and um, check that out. Uh, it's it's three and three quarter O ring figures, uh, great army building material, uh, good quality. I mean, you can't beat it. So, uh, and the and the price is 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 good. It's lower than most of the other O-ring offerings that we've seen tossed out there. So, uh, check them out. Look to bulk up your armies and navies uh, with some offerings from Heavy Armor Toys. Anyways, Diane, I'm not going to go Diane, to live chat for those. Diane I'm Davis not win. I'm not giving in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving in. Will there be semen in Kentucky? Well, if we're lucky. <laughs> earlier, earlier, I had the line in my head when we were ripping on Rob for not doing comic work anymore, and I said maybe we should go to Rackton Diana. And I thought I'm not going to say it. Yeah, no, no, that's she's a lady, and I'm a gentleman. Right. And now, and now we're so far beyond that. <laughs> Uh, cheapest big spender making a donation in the memory of Billy Ripken, only known for being Cal's brother and his one greatest baseball card. Yes. Uh, Billy Ripken, he's good on MLB. He's good on. He's a good commentator, so we'll give him that. Yeah, he's watched but, a lot of baseball. Right? He's been on the pine for a lot of baseball. He's had great seats to a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, hey, it's uh, it's tough being the second brother sometimes. They once played in six consecutive games together as a brother combo. It's pretty exciting. Uh, hey, that's not bad. Mm -mm. Look, anybody, if you get to the major leagues, you are pretty good. Oh, I'm not, I'm not ripping on any big leaguer. I'm just right. saying. That, that may be the record for um, longevity in a double play combination of brothers. That's fair. Six games might be it. Anyways, backerkit.inthenavy.com. I don't know. I'll put a link to it down below. I don't think I have it there now, but we'll we'll get it there. Um, be sure to check them out. You can always follow them on Facebook and that'll they'll lead you right to it. That's that's probably go just go to Facebook and checking it out there, probably a better idea than trying to trying to get me to pull it off of top of my top of my head. Anyways, next news item. Doo -doo -doo. Beep, beep. Boop. Continuing <laughs> in our rehash of last week, more news as it's made is launching on the 26th. And that is the next book from Total Toy Books. Our good friend Brian Hickey, this time teaming up with uh, classic action force photographer David Gillis. Uh, 112 pages, soft cover tome. 
There'll be photos of his custom figures and Action Force vehicles. Uh, again, launching on 26th on Kickstarter. So be sure to head over there. I mean, we're already sending you over there for one project, so why not two? Uh, yeah. Sign up for sign up for notifications. And again, this one should launch some excuse me, some point during the day on January twenty sixth. Roger, you in on that one? I might be on that one. Yeah. Just Josh, on you book. in on that one? Yeah, definitely. I I tend to try to spread the my wealth of spending on books to Kickstarter projects, whatever is in the realm of G.I. Joe minus toys. So I well, definitely like that toys. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just collect books and comics and stuff. So the, yeah. a lot of the toy lines, it's not my thing. But, uh, you know, even the obscure Kickstarter books and things like that, I usually try to get those. There you go. Mark, you get on this one? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm just to be honest, fun's a little tight this month, and I'll show you why a little bit later in the program. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. I know, right? Let's hope we have time. Next news item. Do do do. And of course, that brings us to the end of the news. Uh, be sure to check out the three I GD. Oh boy, the GI Joe 3D printing podcast. Uh, your first source for news about the upcoming Chalky Tank Yeti and Meowler Tank version two toys and collectibles. And I've lost my button. It's all right. You sure that's all you lost? There's so many community calendar buttons. I There's just so many. <laughs> I, oh, okay. And that's the news. Hey. Before we roll into tonight's main event, let's stop for a quick word from our wonderful sponsors at Kokomo Toys. Stay with us. We buy, sell, and trade vintage and modern toys. G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Transformers, Marvel, DC, and more. Located in beautiful downtown Kokomo, Indiana, we are open every Wednesday through Saturday from 12 to 5. It's a theme park of nostalgia. Join the thousands of people who have traveled from all over the Midwest for over a decade to buy and sell with us. Get your geek on. You guys, of course, can't see it when we're when we're in commercial. But, you know, as soon as I hit the button, I see Roger get up and walk away. I'm like, what is it with the guests today that we can't they can't stay seated? I'm still here, man. <laughs> you just you came back a lot sooner than I expect. I thought we were going to have to play. Where's Roger for a minute? But no, for some reason, it's just really hot in my room tonight. So I open the window. All right, then. All right. Let your giant Florida mosquitoes in. <laughs> they're a little farther south than, than I am. So. <laughs> sure, now. Now you've got the windows open, they're coming right to you. They're too Anyways, big to get through the screen. <laughs> remember that all proceeds collected tonight in Super Chat will be donated to the Veterans Memorial Beautification Project. Uh, you can visit their, uh, their campaign on GoFundMe directly, which is probably a better way to spend your money. Not not that we won't take it and donate it on your behalf. Uh, remember, that is helping out the Howard County Memorial Corporation in Kokomo, Indiana, to help beautify the war memorials in and around the Kokomo area. And so your project tonight, gentlemen. That is it. 
it's the history of G.I. Joe, a real American hero, number 21, uh, an after-action report book. That so I, I guess the, the, the number one question is, this is a book that we've seen uh, celebrated any number of times over the last, say, 10, 15 years. Um, why, why'd you pick this one? Well, why would you pick any other one when it comes to G.I. Joe? Right, well, again, that's why I want you to say it, damn it. So, it. It's one thing for me to tell tell you why you did it. It's something else for you to tell me. Well, there, there's uh, basically three reasons. The first is it's actually the 40th anniversary of the issue being released. It was originally released in December of 1983, but the cover date is March of 84. So it's 40 years. Um the second thing is, is that obviously, as Roger just said, it's pretty much the single most important G.I. Joe comic book. And it's also generally ranked as one of the hundred most uh, like best popular influential comic books in the history of all comic books. It's usually ranked up in, in the, a lot of these you know rankings. Um, and then the third thing is, is that there's been so much printed about it, but it's all scattered all over the place. So uh, we're collecting it all together, like a lot of different interviews from videos and, you know, talking about the different artists and biographies of them because everybody's, you know, always knows about Hama, but nobody really knows about the talks about the other artists that were in that that are in the book that made the, that made it made it. And then, of course, there's like number 21 B, the Hasbro book and other Action Force and Devils do had other supplemental stories. And there's a, a whole lot out there about it, um, but it's all over the place. So those are the three big reasons that uh, we decided to put this book together. And, you know, most of our books are like these volumes and series of volumes. This is one single after action report book about one single issue. That's the elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good deal. So uh, on, on the book, on the uh, campaign page, rather, if you go to Kickstarter, uh, make your pledge. The book is thirty-five dollars. Uh, there are some some extras that you can purchase that that cost a little bit more, and I'll I'll let everybody go over to the Kickstarter page and check those out for themselves, or we can talk about them later. But um, is is this going to be a collection of what's already out there? Have you conducted new interviews yourself? I, I understand some of the creative team is no longer with us, so you're obviously, you know, like you're not talking to to everybody who's involved with the book. But yeah, yeah. Um, we We've we've got what we interviewed Larry Hama for all three of the first three books, and there was a lot of material that we didn't publish. So we've already interviewed him essentially for it. We're just going to assemble that from from what's left over. Uh, we're trying to get Jim Shooter, and we're trying to get Steve Lealoa. Uh, so far, they have not responded to us, but we we have reached out to them to see if they want to be involved. Uh, but that's it for the interviews that we're shooting for. We we might try to get a few more. Yeah, the uh, Klaus Jansen, the you know our cover artist, and uh, Ed uh, Hannigan are a little harder to get too. Um, but that's about it for that's alive for the book. You know what I mean? Like the the colorist is dead. Denny O'Neill, the editor, is dead. Even uh, Jeremy Dale, who did the artist for Twenty One B, dead. Yeah. So you know, forty years later, you can get this kind of stuff out there about about these guys because. So many of the creators from the 80s are definitely aging, you know, in, into that time of life where you have to go see G.I. Joe in heaven, you know, kind of thing <laughs> so, like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you, you, the 
you know, the, the whole point of, of, of number 21 really is that it was such a landmark issue at the time it came out, but then it has grown over time as our generation has grown up. Like we all read it as like 10 year olds and we're like, this thing is like, I don't even know. Like it's like, you know, I, I remember being confused why there was no words. And I didn't, I didn't even realize until I was working on writing this book that I didn't actually learn Storm Shadow's name from the book. I learned it from buying the toy. Like right. that's pretty amazing to think about that, right? I mean, like they introduced probably maybe the third or fourth most popular character and they don't even put his name in the book. So the whole silent aspect of it was such a landmark thing. And, you know, it has really grown in, in terms of the legendary aspect of the book. I mean, it's super valuable. It's, you know, I mean, it's like what everybody wants. Everybody's hunting for it. And so we thought with the 40th anniversary and you know, all of our knowledge, and we do have, you know, a fair amount of stuff in our previous volumes that we've already written about that we're, we're bringing into this one. But again, that was like scattered over two or three volumes, you know, of the comic guidebook. So we put it all together and then. You know, we've done extensive biographies for all the all the creators doing, you know, basically doing a lot of research on like, you know, the the color is George Russo, Russo's like, I mean, he so. OK, now he was this was in the 80s. Right. And he's the colorist for Marvel. So do you want to know what one of his first books that he did? Right. Does anybody know? No. And no. Is Batman three. Oh wow! In the nineteen like forty one, I think it was, and then he right. was like the colorist for DC for a while. And then he was the cover for Marvel. So he was he was like the colorist for like Avengers four when Captain America returned. Like a whole lot of like the original X Men stuff. I mean, like he's just the colorist for like the most insane resume. And of course, then he did twenty one, and of course, nobody's ever really talks about it. And as I was doing research, I was just like, oh my god! Like this guy's done so many. <laughs> you know, covers and interior artwork and stuff. Um, so we really tried to highlight them. And th this is another thing that I discovered. So uh, obviously Larry Hama has been is, is in uh, the Hall of Fame, the Eisner Hall of Fame. So he doesn't have an Eisner himself, but he's in the Hall of Fame. But like the, the, the people that worked on 21, the first one, there's five Eisner Awards that they all won after making it. And then, of course, you know, like. Klaus Jansen and Denny O'Neill and um, uh, 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 who's the other one? Uh, shoot, there's three of them. Uh, oh, oh um, Ed Hannigan uh, were on like DC books, like, you know, Dark Knight uh, Returns, you know, Dark Knight 3. I mean, some like massive, most popular comic books ever. And these artists that were just did 21, they, they weren't really main mainstay artists for G.I. Joe. So it's like ridiculous how much amazing talent put that book together and that's one of the things that we're really trying to like emphasize and to share to the community because you know i don't i don't ever you know i mean i may have been in the joke comic community forever my and nobody talks about these artists so that's something that a very much new that we wanted to bring to to the community and of course um the the second printing um, that as, as me and Roger started in 2020, which actually helped start the whole after action report book stuff and everything. We put that together. And so we've, you know, over the four years now, we've really come to learn about the number 21 second printing, a whole lot of information. We put articles in our other books and then, you know, we kind of solved that mystery. 
Um, so that's in there. And, you know, so that, that's all the kind of stuff that we're really putting in there. And then, you know, articles about Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, which, you know, maybe the diehards know and everything. But still, it's a, you know, but really. So, go, okay. Before you go too far, but elaborate a little bit more on that for folks who maybe don't have your books from previously about the, the, the extra, the second and third and, and print printings of issue 21 mm. and so on and so forth. What was the big controversy there? Roger. Uh, number one, of course, is the first printing. You can get a new standard direct market. In the bagged three packs, you could get a third printing, but the second printing just doesn't seem to exist. And that was where the, the big mystery was. Where, why is there a third printing if there's no second printing? And we were trying to track that down, figuring out where it might be, why, why it does or doesn't exist. And uh, I think in, the vo in volume three of our book, the one that's still waiting to, to be released I, I think we pretty well get an answer to that question all right i i won't uh, i won't press you on it because i want people to buy the book and find out absolutely but just yeah. just so, just so we had some framework for what that what that controversy was i don't want you know i don't want to it, it was a little little vague so yeah uh, flesh that out a little bit yeah but i mean the best way to sum it up is that in 2020 like Nobody really knew the answer. And then in the last four years of people submitting things to us and finding us and us hunting and everything like that, we've kind of solved it to the mystery. But, you know, it's there's no definitive answer. It's just kind of like a lot of theories in our world. You know what I mean? You can kind of prove it, but, you know, you don't really have the, like, holy grail smoking gun moment. But we're pretty close. We, we, I think we have it solved, and we put that in the book. It's also involved. <laughs> but it's in this one too but like it ends up being about 10 pages because it's been such a big deal dealing with this mystery of the number 21 second printing i mean it's a big deal in our community because it's pretty much maybe potentially the most expensive comic book gi joe comic book out there maybe yeah do you have short, one short of actually tracking down the guy that ran it through the printer i don't think we'll ever get a definitive answer but i right. think we're pretty close on the right answer so yeah. you've got you've got some some well tested theories, is what you're saying? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. As theories best it can good. be, as best it can be, you know, because they didn't care about that stuff in the '80s. They just printed it and put it out there. But now mm -hmm. we care, and you know the 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 collecting community as a whole have started to care about things like direct market, newsstand, second printings, Canadian price, and people are really hunting for those now. Um, whereas, you know, even five years ago, nobody really cared too much, you know, but, uh, so, you know, they, uh, um, that, that's another thing, you know, that really we're trying to put into the book to help people, you know, see that, look, Hey, look, you know, here's, here's the process of how we found it, found this information. Cause you know, we can't just say this, like, this is it, yeah. but we can show the process of, you know, cause like in 2020, I don't know if you guys remember in the shutdown, like, we put it up on uh, Justin Bell's uh, General Joe's, uh, I think, Reborn now. Um, it was the hunt for it. We asked everybody to go look in their long boxes to see if we could find one. And we ended up finding two. You know what I mean? That, you know, and then, of course, as time has gone on, we've now found them uh, uh, more because people knew what to look for and they went and dug in. So, you know, and that, you know, the funny thing is, is that you know, Roger and I had known each other for a very long time. And we, you know, decided to put that together, and it literally 
got us to where we are right now as uh, after action report co-authors because then he called me with his famous line that I may, I try to make famous is, hey, Josh, you want to do a project? It'll take a year. <laughs> That's what he called me. I was like, yeah, what is it? Let's make a comic guide. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the, the working on the, the 21, you know, uh, just, it was just an online thing at first, um, you know, and then that, that got us to where we're at now. So yeah. it's a big part of AAR history as well as just comic book history in general. And, you know, I mean, I just want to emphasize again that this issue for GI Joe, it when you the comic world community of the whole world looks at the books, it's generally talked about as one of the best books ever. I mean, think about that. Superman came out in like 1939, and this book came out in 1984. And you know, things like you know, Dark Knight Rises or you know, the Dark Knight itself, Frank Miller and all that stuff, you know, like they, they tend to, they tend to be like what is talked about, but number 21 comes up all the time. Like when I was doing research, I mean, I found it in at least four or five top 100 all time lists. Right. Right. And, yeah. and so you mentioned before that these are not the normal hands in most cases for GI Joe's creative team. Right. So how did yeah. we wind up with, kind of this lightning in a bottle situation with these all-time talents with not just Larry Hama, but Denny O'Neill and Claus Jensen and Steve Lealoa and, and every, like, how did everybody come together on this one book? How did that happen? I think the short answer is networking. They, they had a problem. They had to solve it quick. Larry knew the guys that needed to do it quick and fast and good. And he called them up and said, Hey, let's do a book. We got a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's ultimately all it is, is he, he knew which talented people would be best suited for doing it quickly. Right. Yeah. I mean, like Leia Lowe, he did number 26 and that's it. Like Denny O'Neill was an editor for a long time, but he was a writer himself in a lot of DC stuff. Um, and then of course, Jim Shooter was in charge of the whole show. Um, and then George was already the colorist on the, on the book already. And then he, you know, he lasted for, you know, 30, 40 issues or something like that. A long time, actually. So, so, you know, they just had the, you know, and again, I think part of it was the fact like what Larry was knew how to be an editor and was like, okay, I can plug this guy in here. I do this guy. We get it done. And Jim and Denny were like, all right, great. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> so it, it's just like, you know, one of many, oftentimes some of these most creative things in, in art world in general aren't even planned. I mean, like how many times in music has like the last song on the album been like the most popular? They didn't even care about it. They're like, let's just throw it on there and like, you know, get an album out or something. And it's like, you know, it becomes the most popular song, you know, it's, just, you know, and so I, I really feel like, you know, for, for G.I. Joe, Number 21 came out at that two-year mark, and you've, you've, Hama has talked a lot about how, you know, you know, toy property comic books never lasted. You know what I mean? You know, of course, right. we're at 302 now, and he's in the Hall of Fame because of it. But, like, it, it, in 1984, when this book came out, or 19, December 83, but, you know, it was, like, that point of time when a comic book, comic licensed book would die. Right. But instead, we get the great one of the greatest comic books ever in the history. And guess what it does? It creates the rivalry between Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. We all know this. I mean, everybody here is a diehard fan and knows this. But like to think about that. Right. 
Right. I mean, like that—that's where the rivalry, and still to this day, they make movies, Snake Eyes, you know, GI Joe Origins. I mean, it's still the biggest driving factor, and you know, just because they had matching tattoos, like you know, he didn't even know what he was going to do with that. You know, that's yeah. a couple other things too that are in the book. We, we I, I did a whole big deep dive on the Rashikage and the I Ching, and like you know, just writing about the I Ching and like you know the fact that it's like you know three, four thousand years old. <laughs> Stuff. I mean, it's like literally filling the book with a bunch of history from real life history, you know, and you know, the connections and all the stuff and all the characters for Arashikage. So that's really like, you know, what we're the emphasis of the book is like how important this book is to the comic community, to G.I. Joe itself, as you know, like creating this rivalry that saved G.I. Joe, maybe. You know what I mean? I mean, without Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow rivalry. I mean, you certainly would have a lot less figures out there. <laughs> right. It, it certainly it certainly was a shot in the arm uh, from a creative standpoint. Look, Storm Shadow was introduced in 21 there in, in 84. He was switched over to the good guy's side, 87, 88. And yet every time, Storm, you know, every time G.I. Joe gets a reimagining, Storm Shadow's a Cobra again. And I think that has a lot to do with the impact of, of G.I. Mm -hmm. Joe 21 and that introduction, that first hit yeah. that we got with him, and that he was just this perfect Cobra villain right out of the gate. Yep. And um, and we want to keep going. Even though, the, the, I mean, he's a he's a very well-rounded character. He's a very well-done character. Shoot, at, at uh, Devil's Due, he even had his own book for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's it's not that Storm Shadow, as a, as a good guy, as a Joe on the side of the Angels, doesn't have some merit, too, but I mean, I think be, like that always gets washed away because of the impact of this book. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I wrote in my introduction to the book that I think it may have actually saved G.I. Joe, Real American Hero. I mean, again, it's at the two year mark. And, you know, all of a sudden there's this massive rivalry of two super cool characters. That all of us 10-year-olds were like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Ninjas? Are you kidding me? They also introduces ninjas. You know what right. I mean? You know, you get ninjas and you get the whole mythology. And, you know, of course, in the middle 80s, ninjas were a big deal. So that's another aspect that this book introduced. And, and again, right. it's all why we're writing this one to, to point out to everybody who, I mean, you know, most Joe fans who are in the community, they all know a lot of this. But it's it's you know it's interesting to put it together all in one and how important all these different elements that happen in one book with no words. <laughs> put it all in context. Yeah, Mark, you've been quiet over there. You have any questions? I mean, I'm curious about the uh, the second printing because I think I got mine off the newsstand, uh, and that's the only one I have is the original one that I beat Tim Roberts out for. At the Long's Drugs in Bend, Oregon, uh, and take that, Tim Roberts, right? And proudly uh, got Larry's uh, Hamasig on it uh, a couple years nice. later. But I, I think it's a really good point that even though the toy was selling and the comic was selling too, this really was a taking off point for certainly for the comic, but also for the brand. And right. I, I love that it's uh, that it's respected outside of the Joe community, right? Yeah. That when you look at top hundred comics of all time, the odds of a GI Joe comic making making it on that list pretty damn slim. But it seems absurd. <laughs> yeah, like uh, sheer lunacy. But 
I mean, I mean, most of the top ten list, it's all Marvel or DC, and that's it. And maybe an image, or maybe you know, like a Spawn kind of thing, or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. But other than that, well, you see a lot of independents too. Some, you know, Strangers in Paradise and Love and Rockets and stuff like that too. Yeah. At the at the time, though, I remember, and it seems like such a an obvious thing now. But at the time, to have the hero, the A plus soul of the team, be the man in black. And to have the bad guy, the worst of the worst, as far as we knew, be the head-to-toe satin white guy, right? That was from, yeah. a, from an outfit perspective. That was a real jump. I mean, the basic concept of hero and villain is white hat and black hat, right? And so the, fa the fact that they put that on its head was absolutely <laughs> something. And and one of the things I liked about it that I think is a little bit lost because it's a... Uh, it's a snake eyes and a, and a storm shadow story, but it's really a scarlet story too. Right. And that's yeah. a little bit, a little bit washed over, I think is, yeah, she is captured and snake eyes is coming to get her, but she's no damsel in distress. No, she's right? not. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much whips her at whips ass getting out as snake eyes whips ass coming in. Oh, and then they meet. Okay, cool. Yeah. But, right. And she, she technically saves Snake Eyes. I mean, she lands yeah. and flies away with him. <laughs> like, yeah. how the hell else was he going to get out? <laughs> yeah, and right, and right before it, makes the sacrifice play, right? Like, yeah. She's willing to sacrifice herself for him, and that's cool. And I think it might be cooler because there's no language, right? Because there's no dialogue. Everything you need to understand about those three really seminal characters is all right there in that book. And so oh, that's, I, I think that's that's why uh, not only, and also because it was a new concept, but but the fact that it was just perfectly on tone for three critical characters, uh, and even right. Destro at the beginning looking at the Baroness figure, right? Yeah. And and there's depth there without even having to explain it. Not, just in just in the art, and that's pretty incredible. Right. It, it's a it's very much a a deepening of the two most important relationships in the entire series. Yeah. And that's, you know, Snake Eyes and Scarlet and Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. Like that, the, that's it. If you want to boil, boil GI Joe down to two story elements, those are the two. And these are, this is the single issue where both of those really take off. Yep. So yeah, no, no question the impact. It's just, you know, you said it, it's funny that it's GI Joe book and it, it's, it's kind of absurd to think of now, but th I mean, think of how extra absurd it was that that this book got this much critical acclaim in 1984. Yeah, right. You, know, you, you, Josh, you made note that most most licensed books are gone by issue 21. I would dare say that most licensed book are gone by 12. Yeah, like if yeah, you got a full year out of a licensed book, more, more power to you. But very few got past number 12. And and fewer still got even got to twenty one, so yeah. let, let alone he's at three hundred two or three hundred three. Right. Three hundred three just came out. Three hundred three. I mean, let that's it. like on level. You know what I mean? Yeah, let, let alone let alone hitting a new peak in twenty one, right? Yeah. yeah. So so it 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 really does say something for the strength of the work being put in on the book. Yeah. Um, now you guys. As far as Go that goes, you're talking Star Wars, Micronauts, and Transformers. That's about it. Right. And, and, are... and Transformers hadn't been there yet. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was so it was, it was really just Star Wars and 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 Micronauts to that point. And, and Ron. What about Ron? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and Micronauts, the comic, had nothing to do with Micronauts, the toy. It's <laughs> very, it's very little. <laughs> so, so, so I would even I would even question that being on the list. <laughs> but Mark is right. Rom and Rom includes you know Rom is Rom is Rom. So clearly. Yeah. Uh, the book is all about the toy. It's just that that was the only toy. Yeah. But the, um, the, toy, the toy, Rom, has almost no backstory. It has like a paragraph. Right. Yeah, that's and that's it. it. And so they just rolled with that and expanded and got, what did Rom hit? Like 100 issues? Uh, 75. 75. There you go. One of them with the X-Men. Yep. Right. And and for I mean, they created enough story around Rom that when they didn't have the license to publish Rom books like his backup, his supporting cast would show up in other books. Right. So they did a good job there. You know, mm -hmm. so we, we can't take away from, from the impact of, of ROM on the, the comic market in the eighties either. It was no GI Joe. <laughs> it was not the best seller for Marvel comics, but it, it did a good job. I think ROM, um, was, the character was galvanized by meeting Cyclops in issue 17 and learning what real leadership looks like. <laughs> uh, maybe. I think that was the episode where he learned how to complain. Oh, <laughs> Rom the whiny space knight. <laughs> oh. oh, my disruptor's they, out of juice again. Oh. They bonded over their red visors. That was it. Right. <laughs> so you guys have, have obviously put in a ton of work researching the G.I. Joe comics over the last several years. Yes. When you were putting this one together, what is one thing that you learned that you didn't know before? And Roger, we'll start with you. No, oh, I was hoping Josh would answer first. <laughs> okay, well, Josh, we'll start with you then. I already talked about it, and it's George Ruizos. I think that's how you say oh. his name. I mean, I just couldn't believe the amount of comics that he had made. The, I mean, like, you know, in comics that were ranked higher than G.I. Joe number 21 in the top 100. And I was like, he's no wonder this book is awesome. That right. was my hey, biggest learn. Hey man, the comics business is full of lifers because um, there's no retirement to it, so you have to keep working uh, to get the bills paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of one of uh, last uh, comics was those uh, X Men Executioner ones with like the holofoil covers in the '90s. Like I think he did that like about just six months before he died. I'm like, he started in the 40s with Batman, and he's doing, you know, X-Men holofoil, those, you know, those colorings of, of that whole 90s, 90s design. I'm like, that's ridiculous to think about that. So I was just like, wow. So th that's my biggest one. I mean, I and also, too, as I researched Denny O'Neill, I hadn't quite realized that he had such a writing career. I'd known him and everything, but, like, he had a big writing career with Gre Green Arrow and everything like that. So I learned a lot about the some of the key important issues that these other guys had done that, you know, again, we don't talk about that for, for GI Joe. We just talk about Hammond 21, maybe lay low and his artwork, you know, and occasionally right. you get Jansen with the cover, but you know. Yeah. So. De Denny O'Neill is a guy who, if, if, if there is a, a comic book hall of fame, he's in it three or four different times. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, he, he just, that that's a guy who, who, we talk about you know our our childhood 
in comic books, man, Denny O'Neill's fingerprints are all over it. Not just yeah. for G.I. Joe, but for Batman, uh, like you said, for Green Arrow, Green Lantern, you know, that that run in the 70s. I mean, he 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 created John Stewart. That was something I realized I learned too. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. I was like, damn. <laughs> La landscape changing work out of Denny O'Neill. And he's the editor on this thing. He creatively speaking, he's just the guy who went in and and kind of you know, if if anything, just kind of tweaked details and and gave <laughs> yeah. guidance, right? Like he's he not even the creator the here. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I don't want I don't want to demean it, but I'm, you know, again, for but but that's the kind of guy who's giving overall direction to this story is 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 like yeah. is that guy that freaking legend. So it, there there's a lot of uh, a lot of confluence just coming together with issue twenty one, and and it's. It's good that you guys are, are drawing attention to that because it, it's not just a great issue of a great comic. It's it's really a touchstone and a landmark event. Um, and I, again, they didn't plan it that way. But it, it you know, funny thing happens when you get a ton of talent in the room at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Another thing, too, is um, so, you know, obviously, Jim Shooter was the uh, uh, editor in chief. And, you know, he's talked about how he just kind of let Larry do his thing for, for the books, right? But on his website, jimshooter.com, he has all kinds of amazing Marvel comic stories. I mean, he like, does. he's he has, like, you know, stories before and after his career at Marvel. But, like, he just talks about all kinds of stuff. And he mentions Larry, like, 10, 15 times and different things. And, of course, he spends a whole uh, one blog post talking just about the origin of G.I. Joe, which you know, you know, starts within the toilets of with Hasbro and Marvel heads, you know, and all that. And so he, he we, we, we were copying and pasting from his blog because his stories are so awesome about some of the other people and things like that. You know what I mean? So we're putting a fair amount of that in the book, um, you know, again, because he was a big part of Marvel at the same time, too. Right. I mean, you know, with Secret Wars and everything like that. I mean, just like turning that the company around and you know, I mean, he, he was integral in getting G.I. Joe started as a comic book. So we, we put, our, you know, put his article in there of how G.I. Joe starts, which is pretty common knowledge. But, you know, it's a again, the, the guy who helps get the comic book started two years before is still there working as the main guy in charge. So Jim Shooter is a real interesting guy and a real polarizing guy. Yeah. In comic book history. So mm -hmm. I hope you guys get the chance to talk to him because I from what I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just got to get him. You're something. gonna, you're gonna love him, or you're gonna hate him, but you're gonna be fascinated by him, uh, right. because that's that's just. I mean, the dude was he was hired to write Legion of Superheroes at 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, that that's kind of the definition of a comic book lifer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 13, and he was good enough to be hired to write. Granted, if you've read those Legion of Superheroes from the time, it's silver age stuff it's a little goofy but you know hey he's got the imagination to create a world and a universe from a thousand years from now and make right. it believable in the construct that they had already assembled for him so yeah, yeah he's pretty good <laughs> so um yeah as a creator that that guy's vision is is something special and, and again i hope you get the chance to talk to him directly yeah um so at at this point, let's move away from the book itself. Let's talk about your campaign. Uh, let's talk about the Kickstarter side of things. So it just went active this morning. 
Uh, let me let me hit re refresh on my computer here. Yeah. Um, we bad. are twenty-three 16, backers. Twenty-three backers, sixteen hundred dollars. Um, like maybe twelve hours on online. So you know, you guys will help us get a good jump start. You know, obviously, you just go to Kickstarter and search for GI Joe number twenty-one. So our sixth Kickstarter now, fifth, fifth, sixth, sixth, sixth Kickstarter. Um, right. and um, you know, so you know, the in terms of like the the rewards. You know, you can buy one book. You can buy a book that's autographed. You can buy a book of um, a book with uh, a two. You can also buy a combo deal if you haven't gotten our volume one, two, and three comic books. You can get that with number twenty-one, or you can get the Command Files book with number twenty-one. And then, Roger, do you want to talk about the the, the coolest reward? Uh, the uh, the fan love page. Yes. Uh, you can uh, for an extra ten dollars, you can write a two hundred word essay on why. You love the issue, what, whether how it impacted your collecting, how it, how you enjoyed it when you were a kid, whatever aspect you want to take to it, you can you can be in the book for an extra ten bucks. <laughs> so right. right 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 now we're allowing twelve, and we've already sold I think five. six, Is it five six? six five or six. So yeah. you know if you want to get that, you should get in there, and if it sells out real quick, we might add two extra pages to the book, another twelve. But you know that's just you know, you know that would be like a stretch goal or something. I don't know what there. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we wanted to show the you know how much it really is impacted as we've talked about here in pe people's lives. I mean, there's, I mean, like Robert Atkins has talked about how like he saw that book and like he he wanted to be in comic books. You know what I mean? Like a lot of artists right. were like, I read that book as a kid and I want to be in comic books, and they're still making comic books today of that and like that's another aspect of a book that you know why it should be considered a goat you know greatest of all time you know what i mean if, if right. people read it and got into the comic book industry because well they didn't read it but looked at it <laughs> you know and, and like that's certainly a, a whole another aspect of like how influential is a book when somebody reads it to like the rest of their life yeah. so you know right and and, and so it launched this morning, a very modest goal. Only $8,000 gets this funded. Yeah. So yep. it's, you're more about, you, you're trying to pre-sell copies more than trying to fund crazy pie in the sky stretch mm -hmm. goals and things like that. You're just trying to get this book done just for every, just so everybody out there understands the nature of the campaign and yep. what you're trying to do with it. Like you're, you, you. So it's compared it. to some of our other campaigns where the book was not even like maybe half done this book's like 85 percent done um i i shared i shared the, the, with you guys so you, you you can look at it but um we you know i it's like seven it's gonna be 80 pages and like 72 of them are done we're waiting for interviews and kind of some other page like this fan love stuff you know to make it 80 and, and you know if we have to extend it to 84 we might but that's it i mean so but it's packed just like all of our other books. I mean, like every, you know, kind of that's our, I don't know if you want to tradition or, or, or whatever, whatever <laughs> it's called. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's to pack the book full of information. So that's the same thing with this one. Yeah. Right. And so just to reiterate the interviews, if anybody has any contact with any of those creators and can get them in contact like, with them, we would yeah. interview any of them. We, we, we're not going to, turn any of them away <laughs> yeah and there's only three really or four uh that are 
alive to interview. You know, it's yeah. Shooter, Leia Loa, Klaus Jansen, and Ed Hannigan. Yeah. Um, I obviously, no Mary's still alive, but like I said, we don't, we don't, we're not, we don't need to interview him for the book. Yeah, um, you already, you already have. Yeah. Yes, um, we already have. We've covered Rack time, Rack time Rob has a Batman altar in the back of the apartment <laughs> that I believe we can conduct a seance to talk to Denny O'Neill. Okay. <laughs> I believe we can pull that off. Um, you, you know, one of the things that I've tried to do is try to find like some kind of quote from Denny O'Neill or George um, regarding talking about 21. And of course they had so many other things in their life and it was just one issue that there's like nothing out there. There's like, right. you know, I can't you know, Google enough scenarios in the wording to get to find <laughs> anything about it because like there's nothing out there about it. They don't talk about it because it wasn't that big of an issue in their life. Compared yeah. to many of the other ones, you right? Know? Or they've or they've talked so much about the other thousands of books that they've done, that yes. it's just lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Butler wants to make sure to note that you have an eighty-page giant. Yes, we do. Oh, yes. There you go. Just just like the traditional books. Yeah. Can't beat that. Uh, Doug Dello. Yeah. Doug Dello is in. Um, Matt Rubin wants to know: uh, Will your yes. Kickstarter go over any of the other extra content that was created for number twenty-one? I just found out there have been. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I just found out there have been added panels. Any chance of covering any of that? So 100% answer is yes. So we have full pages of the af the Action Force. They have a prelude and a uh, epilogue that is unique to UK books. There's the Devil's Due story that happened in uh, the trade paperback, the Snake Eyes Declassified trade paperback, and, of course, 21B. And then, um, uh, of course, in some of the other trade paperbacks they've kind of put not new stories but like you know artwork and things like that so we're, we're definitely highlighting a lot of that but th those other stories absolutely doing full summaries um probably putting some I, I don't know how much space we'll have for actual comic panels but we're definitely doing i did our full summaries for all those extra extra ones 100 in there yeah uh, phil donnelly says he's back your other books uh, i would ask for receipts uh, so he'll be backing this one <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Thanks Phil. Phil. Appreciate that. And I just want to point out that I know Phil was on your show last week, and he, Phil, just turned into us. This is for another book of, of the internationalist. He turned in the coolest, coolest summary of these Japanese, they're called bomb bomb books. And he it's gonna he he got his whole thing, him and Patrick Stewart. So he's contributing to other books. So thank you, Phil. Um, and thank you for your support. And man, it's a cool, cool thing because nobody knows about these Japanese comic books and that's other books. So um uh you know beyond actually back here. <laughs> I, I, I am pleased because it means I continue to hang out people with people in this hobby that are cooler than myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah Phil is definitely in that category. Mark Even Mark, no, Mark nods in agreement yes. yes. <laughs> yes. I, I went over to Phil's house uh like last month or something and I, I was trying to steal everything. <laughs> Right. Uh, Michael Jude Fleming says that work is early in the morning, but it funds him buying books about G.I. Joe. So thank you, mm -hmm. Knight. Uh, we thank you, Michael. Appreciate you coming, tuning in and, and funding the book. Excellent. Um, thank you. Yes. Yes. I, I saw that, that he was there. So, yeah, yeah, if I mean, trying, hey, if you're trying to get away with some old but authentic yojo.com swag, steal from <laughs> Phil. Don't steal from <laughs> Terry. <laughs> Terry's home is well defended. Right. Yes, <laughs> Terry will, sh Terry will shoot you dead. No warning shots. 
No, no, there, there's a slight delay while he figures out which firearm he wants to shoot. <laughs> Just, I, I mean, I'm just going to guess whatever he's got mounted to the hardware that day. He'll probably too. Probably. Gonna, too. I, don't, I don't think he's particular. Um, <laughs> he probably pre-plans it for the day. But uh, it's it, like picking Jens, out socks. <laughs> Jens, do you have any last words for anybody on the fence? What's going to tip them over? Me Anything? or Rod? I don't but, care. No, go for well, it. Well, uh, you know, I mean, the thing is, is if you know about number twenty-one. Right, it's all pieces from all over the internet, and this is one book about one issue. Right, we're not gonna do sequels or anything like that, and it's just about the most important G.I. Joe comic book and one of the most important comic books in all of comic history. There you go. So there there it is for you. One shot, not the first of a series. This is it. Yep. yep. You're gonna have all the information you need right here. Yep. Uh, Brian King asks real quick: Will there be any mention of number eighty-five in the book too? Yes, because it's part of the silent issue stuff. Even though it has uh, sound effects, um, we do kind of highlight some of the other, uh, like uh, Yearbook Three, is uh, it two fourteen and two seventy-five, um, as well as other silent issues like the uh, uh, Batman. I think it's four thirty-three. And when Damian Wayne dies, the Batman Ron book. And then um, uh, Marvel did a whole series in like 2002 called Enough Said, which was like every book uh, in, in one or two months was all silent. So we highlight a lot of it, how the other silent books that have come out after that. But yeah, we definitely, uh, I mean, we're not doing like a whole page on it, but we definitely mention it and talk about it. Yeah. It's there, but not in depth. Yeah, not in depth. I mean, if you guys really think we should do it, I mean, you know, I mean, we we can add a few more pages regarding his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, we, it's definitely mentioned and it's not forgotten. Excellent. So uh, we'll we'll close it off there as, as in regards to that. Um, remember, uh, folks, if you're if you're checking us out tonight, uh, super chat, get your question answered. Uh, and the funds go to, uh, let me find my window here, uh, the uh, Veterans Memorial Beautification Project on GoFundMe. Uh, that is by the Howard County, Indiana Memorial Corporation, and that is to fund the the sprucing up of Veterans Memorials in and around our good friends at Kokomo Toys in Kokomo, Indiana. So we'll we'll cut off that part of the interview here then. And and let uh, let folks mull that one over, but um, in the meantime, oh oh oh, we got one right there, right away. See, right there, you plug the you plug the super chat, and look what happens. Boom. Cheapest big spender asked, after all you two researched about number twenty one, do you see anything that could have been different to make it better than it is? No. <laughs> well, Hama has done two things to it in the in the the uh, the fellow the following reprints. Uh, first was uh, changing some of the colors of the uh, of the castle, I believe, and then also um, uh, the cover. The he for the I believe is the thirtieth anniversary that they did ten years ago. He redrew the cover because he want he, he wanted it a little bit more dynamic, and it so was then the fortieth anniversary, fortieth, yeah, forty, yeah, the fortieth one. They redid his 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 uh, cover because you know Hama always did like sketch covers. For um, uh, 
for his books. Right. Um, and and uh, so, and he, uh, um, so he did that um, with uh, the 40th anniversary cover. So there, the, the colors of the, he really didn't like the colors of the castle for some reason, a lot of the backgrounds of the castle and things like that. So it they was changed mostly that. the sunsets and stuff through the windows. So it didn't yeah. find where it was. Yeah. So they changed that in the uh, the following versions that were in the uh, the trade paperbacks or, or the hardbound books or whatever the different different versions of it. I mean, they, there's like one called Complete Silence, which is a comic that has both 21, 21B, and then you know, like it appears in several trade paperbacks, hardbacks, you know, 30th right. anniversary, and it's in probably like 10 or 12 international books. Um, you know. Um, so those are all in there too, uh, cause most of those are in my collection. So I'm able to put those in there and do research on that. And then we actually are doing a homage page, you know, cause there's been so many covers that are like, you know, making fun of it or, you know, the Deadpool one, you know, it's another silent issue actually. Um, uh, but, uh, so that, that all is in the book too. Um, but, uh, so we're, and that we're actually, you know, the tradition of the guidebooks, so those are in the guidebook page, but everything else in our, our book is really more prose and everything like that. Whereas, you know, most of our other books that we've done are like just all about the, the comic guide. You know what I mean? Like check off the box and look at them there. But this one has a lot more stories and articles and everything like that. So that's I mean, there is the checklist at the back and then about five pages of of the guide. But, you know, compared to what we've done with the other books where it's like 75% guide and 25% interviews. It's like the opposite now, maybe like, uh, remember eight. when we're done here tonight, head over to kickstarter.com. You can search for after action report or search for GI Joe number 21. Both of those searches will work for you. Bring you right to this campaign. We do have a link down in the comments below. I forgot it at first, but if you refresh, it'll be there for you the second time. If you just want to be lazy and go right to it, uh, so that is there for you. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for coming on and talking about this with us. Thanks for having us. Hey, you know what? I mean, we're doing this for the community. And, you know, this is like one of these things that, you know, as a Joe fan, we're all Joe fans. We all love this issue. And, you know, it deserves this kind of treatment, um, you know, in terms of like the historical aspect of it and everything like that, you know, and, you know, put a lot of research into it. So that's we're, we're, we're making it for everybody out there. And, of course, hopefully people beyond mm -hmm. – the hardcore GI Joe community that tip, typically supports all of these. Thank you guys, by the way, all of you. Um, <coughs> and, uh, hopefully it'll expand past that, you know, get some more fans like, Oh my God, this book's amazing. So before we let you go, I think we got some time, Mark. I think we got some time to do a little, what we got in. Ooh, I like it. So gents, you guys are, you guys are guests. You're not here that often. Has there been anything cool that's come into your collection lately? You'd like to share no. with the folks at home. Oh, I'm going to get up and run. Hold on. Okay. The volume's free proof. <laughs> All right. Hey, that counts. Nice. Right? That counts. Why, don't you, why don't you talk about the, the volume three proof that you have in your hands? Uh, it's pretty close to done. Uh, we're, we're still making some adjustments uh, with the uh, publisher and the printer. Um, the printer, this one, this one's actually the good proof, but the, the printer basically made everything 5% too big. So it was, just at the edge of the page and it looked you know, yeah the biggest cool. problem was down here in the center there was no center it just went right. all the way to the middle <laughs> okay. yeah it's no good so 
yeah, that had to be corrected. So that's where we're at now, and that should be in the. And you can see them there on the, the screen. The, these, uh, this is After Action Report Comic Guide Volumes One through Three. If you want, if you've missed out on these previous efforts, you can act. There is actually a pledge level on the current Kickstarter where you can order all three of these books, plus the upcoming book on Number Twenty One as well. So, if you if you missed out, here's your chance to catch up. Get it all in one package deal. Save on yeah. shipping. <laughs> and of course, uh, also from from you guys, uh, there's command files on the way too. That's uh, from Greg Augustine, who's in the chat tonight, uh, and Josh mostly. Uh, so, so really good stuff there. Uh, you guys are doing great work. I really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And that one, is Josh, what'd you get in, man? Sorry, Roger. No, oh, okay. I'm not usually a toy guy, but I couldn't pass it up, so I got the 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 crossover. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty cool one. You know, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't. Bet. And so then I, what I decided to do, because I'm not much of a toy guy, I decided to take it out of the packages and stages. So it's not near, not mere mint, but I'm, I still haven't taken them off the box. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're easing <laughs> into it. Someday I'll take them off and try to transform. But, you know, I was like, I saw this one when they released it. And I was like, holy shit, I want that. Right. You know what He's opening it like an advent calendar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I got the, the, the Zartan and the Zanias set no over there. I just grabbed but I grabbed this one. So that that just came like two weeks ago, three, I don't know, whenever it came last month, right? And uh but I was like when I on I had forgotten that I had bought it because it was like a year ago or whatever, you know, and it showed up. Yeah. Holy shit, this is awesome. I was like, I better buy more of these. I love the crossover stuff, man. I tell you. I mean, obviously, you know, Skybound stuff is going that way with everything. And, uh, you know, they're fully 100% into the whole crossovers. And, you know, it's been around since the 80s, so it's nothing new. But, you know, now they're literally building those toys, finally. I mean, yeah, that's... It's it's good to savor the experience, John. Yes. You, don't, you don't buy a whole lot of the toys. It's good to just, just pace yourself <laughs> and do it slowly. It's good to just bring it along as... We don't want to overwhelm you all at once, man. We're yes, sure. exactly. I, I, but I, I'm like a teddy bear. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the next toy I buy is the Hiss tank with the uh, Baroness that transforms into Megatron. Yeah. I think that's you're way out of date, man. <laughs> was like, I know. Oh, no, he's, he's crazy like a fox. You can find that half price. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll find it at Ollie's in a few weeks. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And then I guess there's the Awe Striker with Stalker. Uh, was right. that Bumblebee or something? Bumblebee, yeah. I don't think there's any other ones that are true. Tran- that, that's the three. No, that's yeah, yeah. Those are the three. Yep. Yeah, there were some old school references, but there was no. Those were the first. But the actual Transformer that turns into a GI Joe toy. Yeah, there there was a a blue, a blue, uh, Rattler that turned into Viper as a character, mm-hmm. but that was a great toy. I don't yeah, know who came up with that, but. Yeah. He deserves a raise. Yeah, it was a good idea. <laughs> or his uh, friggin' job back. Speaking of that guy, Mark Weber, what'd you get in? I mean, there was a lot this week because we did the pile of loot thing from uh, Big Bad Toy Store. Yeah, we so, and we haven't done this segment for like three weeks now. Four yeah, weeks now, so even it's like there's Christmas stuff, but there's you, know, you can see it behind me a little bit on the shelf. Mutt's back there. That sound wave is back there. Uh, Wolf Spider came in. That's all good, but the spotlight uh is some of these guys right a little fourth alpha coming mm-hmm. through looking real good so we just rapid fire right that's the hellguard guy 
That's the bad guy, Dr. Diablo. He's looking pretty good. And then this is what? Valkyrie. Redhead for extra power. Right? You got like that. Uh, and then Nomad. He's all, he's all gingered up. Right? Redhead for more power. We know what that's all about. And then Cairn. It's a cool name. The eye patch and the red beret. Like, yeah. They, uh, these really, really came out well. So I was, uh, wanted to make sure they got, got top billing solo pub for Strike Force Alpha. If you, he, he's if not you a redhead, on, but he, he wears the red beret so he can pretend. Yeah. He wants to fit in with the boys. So, uh, <laughs> if you were on the fence, big endorsement. Go get yourself some Strike Force Alpha. They're really slick. All right, I'll, I'll keep mine to the to the important stuff. No, that's anybody wants to ask me about anyway. But yeah, that number is eight bigger than the last time you guys saw it last month. So here's number one thirty five because he's the only one that's not buried under headphone wires and things like that. But they're they're all pretty good. There's one that's a little bit, little bit of a of a duster, but uh, but for the most part, all real real good additions to Beach Party '86. I'll get some shots up on Instagram sometime soon. Uh, along the same, uh, while while going through those travels, picked up a real nice set of Crimson Twins from '85. Can't beat those guys. I haven't I hadn't had them, like I never bought them new right back in the day. So uh, to have a, a set that's that nice for as little as I paid for them, I feel like I stole it. Um, there's also a, a nice nice thrasher in there with his with his lacrosse stick that is way too big for the way his hands are, so I won't even try to put it in there. Yep. Um, we got a complete countdown. He's even got his, his, uh, his weird dental floss grappling hook backpack, uh, so you can't beat that. And then a Got everybody's favorite. I'm gonna cram my head into the sidewalk guy, Target. <laughs> um, and he's he's complete, and his wing pack still works. Um, and he he's just good to. I'm gonna take him out to the balcony and just throw him at the ground a bunch of times in celebration. <laughs> so lots of neat lots of neat additions to the uh, to the vintage collection over the last four weeks. We got some other stuff too, uh, but that hey that'll that'll give us something to talk about next time. And how did you um, obtain these figures? Um, eBay? What? Mostly eBay. Mostly eBay. Not not all of them, but but mostly. I'd have to, I'd have to go back through my notes, Roger. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a Captain Cosmos collectibles nearby to. <laughs> but uh, why? Sadly enough. <laughs> right. But um, but there's uh, there's Roger's kitty, yes. and um, real quick, let's roll into shoutouts. Uh, Roger, why don't you go ahead first? Uh, give us a shout out there. Give us a health update too. I know that's been a problem for you <laughs> last year. With, uh, I'll start with Huck Sanders, our publisher and and partner in crime on this. He's helped us a lot, uh, and he's working diligently behind the scenes to get us uh, the books in, in hand. Uh, same goes for Greg Augusta, the uh, writer of Command Files, and sort of our new partner. Uh, as far as health updates, uh, got a. Steroid shot to the eye about a month and a half ago. That was fun. Mm. Always love looking down the barrel of a needle. <laughs> Surprisingly less painful than it sounds like. Right. There's not a ton of nerves in there that, that yeah. feel well, things. So More importantly, they numb the heck out of you before they do it. <laughs> so. I, 
reduces the psychological effect. But oh, um, I don't know. If, I don't know if there's enough scotch in the world to get me right. to sit still for that one. <laughs> oh. But because of that shot, that finally cleared up the infection in my eye, and that means we can now start looking at the cornea, and I'm likely going to get a cornea transplant. So. Okay. All right. Well done. And then I might be able to see, but on top of that, I still have all the diabetes and yeah. So, well, I, you don't have to go into that much detail, mm -hmm. Rod. We, just, we no, know you're having problems that, with the. That that's the other half of it, though. The, we the, don't need to go into where we're prying, but again, you, you told people about the the issues, so we wanted to give people the resolution. Exactly. Yeah. So right. the while, eye is coming close. While they're doing the cornea thing, just have them swap out your O-ring too. It's a good yeah, idea. I, right. I plan to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, right. I'm I'm not quite as stretchy as I used yeah. to be. No, so. they age poorly. That's not your fault. They just that's how they're made. That's true. They disintegrate. So you hanging out in all those hot, dry climates there, Roger. You need to move further, move further to the coast. At least as far as my O-ring is concerned. Anyway. Right, right. Josh, who are we shouting out to? Well, Roger stole stole uh, my two, uh, Greg Augustin and Hawk Sanders, um, and I, I I blew my shout out earlier to Phil Donnelly for helping with this uh, the upcoming GI Joe International book. Uh, he, he wrote an awesome story that's just going to blow everybody's mind when you look at like what they were doing in Japan for these comics. With And, and it's really super cool. And that'll probably show next year or Kickstarter sooner or later. Uh, again, that's what back here. But I, when Phil sent that to me, I was like, oh, my God, like <laughs> I got to really go steal his books. <laughs> so see, Phil, somebody does like you. <laughs> or at least your books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. If Philly could take or leave, but he does yeah. good work. So <laughs> Mark Weber, mm -hmm. shout it out. Uh just a, a simple one and, and guy not even in the community, but a real good friend of mine, Jameson lost his mom this week. So you know, it's hard when you lose a parent. So uh and thoughts and, and prayers going out to him and uh in a tough time. That's my guy. So uh better times ahead. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Racktime Rob, who has been benched this week. Uh, but yeah, he deserves a break once in a while, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, give a shout out to Joe Colton. I know we, we teased her a little bit during the show today, uh, but we love her and we, we hope she comes back soon. Uh, and of course, the wrist lock and congratulations on both of them for getting that guest spot at AwesomeCon. I want to give a shout out to, to you two gentlemen, Josh and Roger, for joining us today. Round of applause. Thank you for hosting. He's, he's clapping for himself. Right. Boo. Right. Boo. Look how, look no, how, he, miffed, how miffed the cat is that, that, right, that she's right. going to mention, right? Athena has, <laughs> was clapping for me. I was Jack clapping for Josh. So. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> give a shout out to Athena for being on camera for as long as she has. Because yes. uh, we, we love our inadvertent cat shots on this show. Absolutely. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. A dog has just arrived. There's oh, junkyard. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> hey, George, that's George. Is he is he showing? Yeah, you can see him. Yeah, he's in there. Here's George. What the heck? What the heck's going <laughs> exactly. on? <laughs> All right, got the obligatory dog shot. <laughs> Give me treats. <laughs> I've been good for a long time. Give me treats. I know. He's like, I gotta go pee. He's been talking a long time. <laughs> hey, I'm excited. We're getting out of here in less than two hours for a change, too. Uh, give a shout out, of course, to our wonderful friends and sponsors at Kokomo Toys. Uh, very quickly, we'll sing the theme song, Kokomo, Kokomo, Kokomo Toys. Kokomo, 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 Kokomo Toys. Kokomo, 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 Kokomo,
you missed the cutoff. Uh, give a shout out to our, our wonderful friend and lead in uh, Brian Lower. That's Hooded Cobra Commander 788. I imagine if uh, if you're subscribed here, you're probably already subscribed there. But if you're not, head on over, give them a look. Uh, they just passed 19,000 subscribers. So um, I wish we had any of that success. <laughs> but hey, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll take what we can get slowly but surely. Um, and that leads us, to, of course, to hit buttons. Do all the cool YouTube stuff for us. We appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, we provide two hours of this crap for you every week. The least you can do is click a couple things. Yeah. Um, that's that. I won't. I won't beat you to death on that one any worse. But uh, that's what we got for this week. That's it. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate we it. We appreciate you. Everybody. Be sure to be sure to tune in for next week's episode of What's on Joe Mind. Uh, I'll be coming back from Kentucky, so God knows what kind of production value we're going to have. <laughs> uh, but uh, we we might be pull, calling the cavalry see if Mark can do some some PowerPoint slides. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I can I I shudder to think of what'll happen there. But um, uh, as our friend Vagon likes to say, stay safe and if you can't be careful, be sure to join us next week next Tuesday at nine oh five here on the Superstation WOJM. Uh, Yo Joe, like and subscribe. Have a great rest of the week. Yo Joe. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>